1 Timothy 1, verses 18 and 19. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the, the battle well, holding on to the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, before your throne I kneel in prayer. Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, Holy Father, before your throne I kneel in prayer. Because I've been baptized by the blood of the Lamb, and I'm working my salvation out. I've been purchased with a price I cannot repay. I'm redeemed, I'm Timothy chapter 1, I want us to hold this verse 19 kind of in our minds and for this to be kind of a little bit of a, maybe a glue that will we'll stick this whole chapter together and get us to, to realize the importance of it. And really kind of this warning that Timothy is being given by the Apostle Paul. So in 1 Timothy 1.19, Paul tells Timothy uh, about holding on to the faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Well, this obviously a shipwreck when, with regard to your faith is not a good thing. And Paul is warning Timothy about that. In fact, he's commanding Timothy to warn other people because, you know, Timothy is at this, uh, this church here um, and he is uh, having to correct some difficulties, uh, some very extreme difficulties, actually, because some people that Timothy is uh, is ministering to, um, they have suffered shipwreck with regard to their faith. So in order for us to kind of think about this shipwreck and avoiding that in our own faith, I want us to kind of use this, this running theme um, of, of a compass together. Because a compass would be a very important instrument uh, whenever you were trying to sail a ship and, and where you were going to be going to make sure that you're going in the right direction. So I want us to kind of keep that in mind uh, and uh, that will be an example that we keep looking to. And I also want us to keep in two other things in our minds from verse 19 here. 
because Timothy is told to hold on to this faith and this good conscience. So we're going to be seeing about this good conscience and this faith and how they show up um, in the different aspects that Paul is going to address here in this chapter. Uh, so let's begin together. Verses 1 and 2. Uh, Paul is going to start off this letter very similar to how he starts off many of the others. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of, our, of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, I wanted to go ahead and include the first couple of verses here because I want you to understand how closely Paul is connecting Jesus Christ to God. And that is rightfully so. And we need to do that too. We need to rightfully uh, put Jesus Christ in, in the correct place in our own lives and recognize that he is our God. He is working with God the Father all the way, and he always has been, to accomplish this wonderful thing that we call the gospel message. So now let's dive in uh, to this passage together. Now we're going to see here that what uh, Timothy is being told by Paul is to uh, correct some of these teachings. So here in 1 Timothy um, chapter 1 verses 3 through 7, uh, this is where Paul is telling Timothy that he needs to deal with some of these people that have come into the church. And this is what we read here verses 3 through 7. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. So here in this passage, um, Paul is telling Timothy to point these people in the right direction because some people had come in among the early church. You know, we oftentimes think of the early church as a wonderful uh, place, and it most certainly was, but it had its problems. It had its people who came in and, and they were teaching some of these false doctrines. Apparently, they were having a problem right here is what Paul addresses. False doctrines, he calls it. Then he also speaks about myths and endless genealogies. Now, you know, make of that exactly what, what you will, but they're not focusing on the right thing. As verse 4 says, these things aren't advancing God's work. That's why in verse 5, Paul says, this is uh, the goal of, of this command and the goal of really everything that they're doing. It comes down to this love. He calls it this love, and he also connects it with a pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. See, it's some of the same things that we already uh, looked at and we already talked about. Just like from verse 19, holding on to the faith and a good conscience. These are going to be constant things that continue to, to show up. And Paul is telling Timothy, look, we can't just leave these things going unchecked. We've got to do something about it. And he's encouraging Timothy to correct these problems. Because what's happened is, of course, you know, as I said before, using that idea of a shipwreck and, and a compass, this is going to be our, our compass illustration here. And now what God always wants from us is he always wants us to be pointing in the right direction, focused on him. But, you know, these other people, they came in and they were trying to teach these these false doctrines. They were trying to focus on the wrong thing. But Timothy was given the task that he's supposed to 
correct these. He's supposed to, once again, point them in the right direction and keep pointing them in the right direction so that they will be faithful. Not teaching these false doctrines, not focusing on these myths or endless genealogies, but focused on the true gospel. This work of God. That's what we need to be focused on. We need to constantly point one another in the right direction and make sure that our focus is always on God, on God's work, this faith that we have, the gospel message that we are called to proclaim. Now, I want us to look at verse 7 right here because verse 7 is describing these people. And we see that they want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. See, this verse 7 is going to serve as a, as a transition into this next passage because what we see happening right here is that they want to be teachers of the law, but they don't really know what they're talking about. They don't know what needs to be done. So basically what they've kind of done is, is they've, they've turned their focus, and they're focusing on one thing, and, and then if you're not careful, what happens with people that are like this? You know, one person will focus on one thing and teach one thing, and then you got somebody else who who looks somewhere else and teach something else, and that's what you constantly see. But what Paul is telling Timothy, what we've already noticed is, he says you've you've got to correct this teaching, you've got to point them in the right direction again, and you might have to keep pointing them in the right direction. That is what ministry is about. That is what we as Christians are called to do with one another, always pointing and focusing on uh, God's work. Now, Paul is going to talk about, um, he says right here, they want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about. He's going to talk about the law next. So let's take a look at that together. Verses 8 through 11. Timothy is told, we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and the rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious. For those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel con concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. Now, this passage, of course, it does, um, it speaks about the law. And it says that the law, it is good if it's used properly. See, it must be used properly. This is, is uh, true about just about any type of tool that you might use. You know, we've been talking about the example of, of a compass. You got to know how to use it, you know, because if you don't know how to make sure that it's pointing in the direction of north or, you know, whatever direction you might need to, to be going to, if you don't know how to, to work that, then yes, okay, you can see that it's spinning around, but what does that even mean? You have to be, uh, you know, taught how to be able to use them. And you can only use it for the specific purpose. And right here, the law, it's good if you use it properly. You know, what about other tools um, like a, a knife or a saw or, or a hammer? You know, any of those tools, they can be extremely useful if used properly. However, you know, if you've used a hammer enough, even if you use it properly, you, you, you might um, miss the thing that you're, you know, you're using and hit your own thumb. And we know the, the pain that that might cause. Well, you know, what about a knife or a saw or something else like that that might be a sharp instrument? Um, if you aren't careful and if you use it improperly, it can do a lot of damage very quickly. And that's why here Paul is explaining the purpose of the law. Look, it's actually not for the righteous people. It's for the lawbreakers. And he lists these, these lawbreakers. And we might think that's a pretty extreme list. But one thing I'll actually kind of point out, you know, pay attention to the types of lists that he is, is uh, categorizing right here. Because 
it's the same types of categories that you see in the Ten Commandments. You know, Paul does that on purpose. He's saying, look, the law is to, to point these types of people in the right uh, you know, direction, to, to point out this is not the right type of behavior. This is not what they are called to do. So the law is good, and it can help somebody who is engaged in these types of sinful practices to realize, look, this is not what God wants. God wants something different. Now, the law was only so good about pointing out the, the right way. You know, it was definitely uh, good about pointing out, well, don't do this and don't do that. You know, sometimes we, uh, when we look at rule books and all, or in this case, you know, the law, uh, we might think that it's so restricting because it's telling you all these things that you're not supposed to do. Well, yeah, it's telling you all these things you're not supposed to do because somebody's probably done those things already, and that's why they're in. Uh, that that's why it's part of the law. It's to to keep us away from those things that we are not supposed to be doing. Right here, what we are called to do is uh, to focus on this sound doctrine, focus on this gospel message, the gospel, uh, the good news uh, about Jesus Christ. That will not only uh, just kind of keep us away from the bad, but it will actually point us in the right direction. It does something uh, that the law was not uh, really even capable uh, of doing. And we see that the law, it was good. It had its purpose. And its purpose was to keep people away from those different types of sins. But the gospel comes in. And we see that now we, we have the person of Jesus Christ that we can follow, that we can walk in his footsteps. But you know, even for those of us who are Christians, there was a time in our lives when we weren't following Christ. And that's the next thing that Paul is going to talk about. He's going to use his own life as an example and show the mercy of God. Verses 12 through 17, Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to, the, to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So in this wonderful first chapter that Timothy is being, being written to by the Apostle Paul, we see this mercy of Christ. We see this wonderful example. And we see that Paul kind of uses himself as an example. And he says, look, I was the worst of sinners. And verse 16 is where he really gets to this. I mean, he's already described how he got to that point. Um, yes, he was ignorantly the worst of sinners, but he was still the worst of sinners. And what we see in verse 16 is that, look, if Christ, if God can show this type of mercy to the worst of sinners, uh, certainly he can do that for the others as well, for any of those who are sinners. And this is an example for all of those people who would believe in him, for all those people who would receive eternal life, that our God is capable of showing this great mercy, this wonderful mercy. Once again, going back to the, the, the compass illustration, God has his own plans for us. He wants us pointing in the right direction. But sometimes, like what Paul was describing, 
Sometimes we just go in the complete opposite direction. But what God's mercy does serves as an example to he'll change it around and he'll flip us in the right direction, point us there, and we can become not sinners any longer, but saints at that point. And it is our God who does this and who constantly will point us in the right direction, constantly call us to focus on the right things. The gospel message and this mercy that God has given to us. These are some ways in which we can avoid this shipwreck of our faith by focusing on, on the important things that God has done for us through the gospel message, through Jesus Christ, his son, how he has come to save us. That's exactly why Jesus Christ came. In verse 15, here's this trustworthy saying that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why Jesus Christ came. That is at the heart of the gospel message we proclaim. That is the faith that we hold on to. That is also how we have this clean conscience, this good conscience, because Jesus Christ came to save us who are sinners. And I want to end with the, the verse 17 once again. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is God's plan all along, and he accomplished it through Jesus Christ. This is our message. This is our faith. This is our gospel. Let's preach it. Help me, dear Lord, as I journey below. More of thy wisdom and sweetness to know. Help me to draw closer to See